Good morning and happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I am one half of your great podcasting team, Joshua Crouch. <laughs> Sitting next to me virtually is Tersh Blissett. And we are diving into data analysis, which don't change the channel. Some of you guys may think this is super boring, but this is the kind of stuff that's going to level you up in your business and take you to the next, that next level to uncover hidden insights. So we're going to be talking th about things like business intelligence, business analysis, and these things are all designed to increase your net profit, increase your return on investment for any advertising that you're doing, increase your employees and their their numbers and find out who your top performers are and if people were like those top performers how much more revenue could your business bring in so i ran across this company a couple months ago it was a facebook post somewhere and i started talking to jeff jeffrey eisenberg is the member of data turf that we're talking to today and it's some really interesting stuff because as these softwares and crms develop the trades are still quite a bit behind e-commerce and some of these other industries when it comes to software and business intelligence and things are rapidly evolving so it's no longer just good to have like basic data we need to know what that data is telling us because as business owners we look at it oh that's the numbers look good but you don't really know what they mean my favorite thing is getting reports like every single day and say oh here's your report on this kpi here's your report and how much time KPI. do you spend looking at those Delete, delete. I feel like there's a disconnect because reporting sounds great because every, every, all the gurus say, we got to have these reports. You got to meet these KPIs, but you don't right. really even understand what they mean for your business. If you have a CSR booking at 75%, what would it mean to your business if they booked at 77% or 78%? What does that mean for you? So you actually understand like, where should you put your effort in mm -hmm. training? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we're super excited to, to get started with this episode. And Jeffrey's a lively person and we're going to get along great. And so this is not going to be a boring episode, just so you're aware. I know some people, whenever they start talking numbers, it's like, Ugh. but lucky for you, we love this. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode. But before we get started, I do want to talk a little bit about our sponsors, Sarah, Billy Stevens with Sarah. He's been on the show several times. And if you don't know about Sarah by now, you probably live under a rock, I would imagine in the HVAC world, at least. But if not, it, all jokes aside, Sarah is an amazing platform that's up and coming and allowing us to do tons of amazing things. Josh, what you got to say about Sarah and Billy? This actually coincides with our topic today because Sarah is a platform built on giving you that intelligence at your fingertips so you can make decisions about your your job efficiency and just understand your number, the important numbers in your business. So that way you don't look at a heap of reports that don't do anything for your business. And Sarah's been gracious enough to sponsor the show and also allow us to get better at the production end of this so we can continually get the content out to you guys that's valuable, at least that we think is valuable. And that allows us to stay in front of you guys, whether you watch on TikTok or Facebook or YouTube. And that stuff takes, if any of you guys have ever done social media, it is a bear to try to get all this stuff on all these platforms and sponsors like, like Billy with Sarah allows us to help with the production costs of the show. Yeah. As soon as we figure it out, something else changes. So yeah. uh, it's great to have a team and be able to have a team like that. For years, I went without sponsors as almost an EU thing. And I wasn't able to provide 
for the podcast, for the listeners in the audience. So super huge shout out for Billy to sh- jump on, jump on board and support us. Next, I w- I'd like to talk about Company Cam. Company Cam is a brand new sponsor partner with us. I'm going to read this because I, so Company Cam is something that I jumped on board with many years ago. But then everything else in my life, the shiny object syndrome kicked in and I didn't stay with it very long. But then I got back on it here recently and the team over at Company Cam, they've been really good. We, Josh and I just did a demo and we did a demo with Austin and he knew that we wanted to know more about Company Cam, not to purchase something. So we, he knew that we were going to ask him the difficult questions and stuff like that. And he was prepared and did a great job with his demo. And so we talked a little bit about how it integrates, how people can do things. And we're going to learn more about that. Like people who use CRMs like Service Titan or Sarah and, or House Call Pro or something like that and how they use it in conjunction with that CRM. So we'll get more data on that for you. First off, I'd like to say that Company Cam makes it the it's simple to communicate across the platforms. And I did a couple of short videos. I actually went out and called a service call. Believe it or not, this weekend, I went and purposely called a service call so that I could use Company Cam and record how to do it. You're right. weird. I, 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 know, right? uh, I could think of a hundred other things to do on the weekend besides. <laughs> it was one of those things like, hey, new toy, let me go try it out. But honestly, it's really cool. And the concept is great where you can bring all your communication, your document, the metadata. And that's a big thing for us. Metadata, keeping metadata instead of compressing the image and stripping metadata off of it, it takes that and stores it there. So then you upload it to your website, which I didn't know that you could do this, but could create a carousel on your homepage and then upload all this uh, stuff instantly, which is pretty cool. I can see where it would get out of hand if you didn't have somebody in control of it because my guys can upload some wild images but the if you're interested in company cam after that hacked up read about exactly what company cam is it <laughs> visit companycam.com slash sbm and for a 14-day trial and 50 percent off your first two months that's as companycam.com slash sbm for service business mastery or reach out to us and ask us about it we are learning more and more each day about it i've asked in the facebook groups about feedback on that and getting a little bit of feedback. If you're not part of our Facebook group, join our Facebook group, Service Business Mastery on Facebook. And uh, we we love to have everybody in there uh, because that's where we communicate the most. Uh, and I got this dead blasted fly, one the one fly in this whole entire house. And it's right here buzzing. It helps if you take a shower. <laughs> that's, that's it. You nailed it, man. You nailed it. <laughs> Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Great. Sorry you had to listen to us go through that, but uh, those couple... 
it's a, it allows us to produce the show. So it's one of those things that uh, we, uh, we appreciate you sitting there because you, if anyone's never, if you've never been on the show or seen the back end, like Jeffrey literally sits there and listens to us for seven minutes as we talk about this stuff, just sitting there patiently twiddling his thumbs. Appreciate that. Honestly, who wouldn't enjoy sitting there watching and waiting? Patient. Especially watching us. I know. <laughs> but welcome to the show, Jeff. So tell us a little bit about you, the background, and how you even got started with everything you're doing. All right. I hate the background questions. Let me tell you what my business does, and then I'll tell you a little bit about us. So That's perfect. Um, That's perfect. We do business analysis. That's about as boring as it gets. My brother and I and a guy named John Cordova Tibidar. Okay, so my brother's Brian. Um, Say that last name twice. John Cordo Von Tividar. Yeah, no, and he's our data scientist. He's a he's a, he's one of my partners, and he he actually worked on the Hubble Space Telescope. And he likes wow. to say he likes to brag. So you're saying he's like pretty intelligent. First jobs that he worked on three components Whoa, that actually yeah. worked, not on the thing that didn't work. <laughs> um, I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, and he can bake a mean sourdough, right? So he's, no, but he's a brilliant guy. But anyway, we do business analysis and business analysis is something that every business needs and they don't, people don't do it because one, it's boring. It's mind-numbingly boring. Yeah. Okay? And secondly, because we don't necessarily know how to do it. I never finished college. But I did take the finance courses. I was interested. Yeah. And even then, this stuff was boring. By the way, I dropped out of the statistics class. I've had to have remedial statistics afterwards teaching me stuff. So numbers is not what I'm about. I rarely actually want to talk about numbers. But really? numbers tell the story about what's going on inside your company. And okay. if you're thinking about your company, there's two things that bring value in your company, right? One is the relationships you have with your customers. And the second one is the systems that take those relationships and transform that into cash. That's that's basically it. That's basically what we want. We want to figure out what's making us money and keep doing more of that. And the things that are costing us money do less of that. Maybe. But the, the costing us money. We'll talk, well, yeah, right? yeah. I can talk that's, about that too. That's right? a good point. Um, that's a good point. It's sometimes it's a necessary There's a difference cost. between an expense and an investment. And if you were installing an air conditioner and it didn't cost you anything, <laughs> right? That, that'd be considered awesome. theft. So you got well, yeah, you, you got to be kind of precise when we talk about these things. If it yeah. dropped off a if it dropped off a competitor's truck and it's sitting there, is that theft? Is just it though? Pull it in, just pull it up in the back, okay? Anyway, so we started this business like 2 years ago. Not as a business. It was a little bit like a hobby. We had all this initial downtime. It was right it was like Marchish. Right yeah. during the pandemic, and I, I know a lot of people in the industry, and I know them because I'm good friends with a guy named Roy Williams, the Wizard of Ads. Yeah, okay. so I know yeah, him. Yeah. I was just a reading a book. I know a lot of the partners, and so I spend a, an inordinate amount of time around these people. And people had asked us a couple of different times because my my brother and I we'd written several New York Times bestsellers on e-commerce stuff, basically conversion rate optimization. They, they looked at us as you understand these things. Can you help look at this? So we had been looking at some things for home service companies and we asked some questions and we got weird answers. And we were like, what we got this thing It's called service Titan. And we made a leap. Okay. A mm -hmm. stupid leap. Okay. We assumed that the reason that people couldn't get the results that we were talking about, like the numbers that we needed was because 
service type was so bad at generating reports and they were so difficult to get at. Now so, that continues to be true. Okay. I was okay. going to say, did you find that to be true or not? No. What? That service type is, makes it very hard to get the reports. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah that's true. Okay. Right? It's really, it's not easy. They don't make it easy. It's uh, overwhelming the amount of reports that are available or that you could build. Yes, absolutely. So the data is there, but there's a, you have to really be deep inside. Like you have to be a numbers geek to want to even get them out. Okay. Yeah. And, but we assumed that we knew the solution and the solution was we started out building this thing that would ask one simple question and give one simple answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was cool. We showed it to people. We got like a dozen people right away to say, oh, I want that. Give that to me. And they gave us monies. Okay? <laughs> they paid us monies. And it was cool, except that just a few months later, we looked and they were continuing to pay us money, but they were not logging in. Guilty. Okay. I've done and that before. You buy it. Hey, like I said in the intro, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And the thing is that we'd been speaking to a bunch of them and some of them we didn't. And the ones that we didn't, we just called them and said, we're going to return your money because you can continue to log in and get these reports if you want them for a few months. Yeah. And, but we feel bad. You're not really doing this. And so what happened is we wound up with a handful of clients. Okay. Who said, oh, no. I want to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. But can't they weren't I, logging in. Ah, can't I keep calling you? The problem was, remember, some of these are friends. It didn't start out as a business relationship. So they were friends and we were, they would ask us questions and we would tell them things and we were looking and it was like, okay. And then I'm out to, to lunch with a friend of mine, Elmer Zubiate of Elmer's On Time in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Another and name that I would love for you to say three times real fast. Elmer Zubiate. Elmer Zubiate. You have to know that Spanish is my first language. My, my oh, okay. 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 So it's not easy for me. <laughs> Anyways, we were out. We were eating this really good Mexican food for lunch. And we're out there. And Elmer says to me, he's like, he's got his phone in his hand and a taco in his hand. Okay. He says to me, we want this stuff done. He was speaking for the industry. Okay? Yeah. He was like, we want this stuff done for us. I just want it done for me. I don't want to spend time doing like, I don't have time. He says, I want you to send me a text or an email. And when I get to it, I can look at stuff and I'll see what it is. He's very right in the end. Like he, he was right in saying that for the entire industry. Cause that's how we think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. So John and I who were having lunch, we heard that we looked at each other and oh man, this is way harder than what it needed to be. We had, remember we'd already had a, uh, an epiphany where we found out that nobody cared. Yeah. And now not only do we want this, but we don't, I don't even want it to be active. I don't want to get in there and do anything. Yeah. And so Elmer led the way. We went back and we went back to the drawing board. And what we came up with was what we were calling informally, okay, but it's stuck to us, is a whisper service. It's what we're still offering. And the whisper service was one where we would do the complete analysis and we'd only tell you the two or three tops, four things that were important. Okay. If you needed an explanation, we'd come back to you. And at the same time, we'd go along and work with you on stuff, meaning you decided to take on an initiative. You might do two or three initiatives in a whole year, right? This is, these are 
big business-wide things. And you would want to track something or track somebody. And we started, we would instrument that and we could track it. And it was really cool because we fit it all into something you could do in texts. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And well, here's the thing. Elmer didn't want to look at charts. None of our guys, I don't want to name the names. Elmer doesn't mind when I talk about it, but nobody wanted to look at charts and people wanted very few numbers. Like you couldn't give them a string of numbers and have them pay attention. Yeah. So we would say things like, we have a training problem. Okay. In your call center. And here's how, here's the deal. If everybody performed as well as your best performing agent, okay, you'd be making an additional $5 million a year. Now, is that an actual 5 million? No, but it's the scale of the problem, right? right. So he says, oh. So that big. becomes a very big issue. That's a $5 million issue versus a $400 issue. Yes, but it doesn't look that way because on a day-to-day -day basis, these are really small differences. Yeah. You got to figure tech goes out to four or five calls a day. An agent might answer even 100 calls a day, but you're talking about two or three more bookings. Yeah. You're not talking about these mind You're not talking about fifteen fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand dollar system sales like right off the bat. Like they ultimately could lead to that, that's but that's not like you're thinking more granular. And I love what you say there because literally just yesterday I sent I forwarded an email to Josh about our website's analytics. And Google Analytics sent me an email. And it was very bite-sized, like very much easy information to read. Cause like Josh sends me a graph and shows me all these numbers and things that are analytics and Google analytics and stuff. And I'm like, that looks like it could be important or that could be good <laughs> or that could yeah, be bad. Yeah, I, I don't that. know. But then, and then Google sends me an email and it says, you've had 1500 more members or uh, visitors to this page on your website. This page is doing the best on the website tweak a little bit and make it even better. And I'm like, Josh, look at this. And so yeah. that is uh, negotiable. But even that okay, is a little bit too fussy. Okay. Cause what we're, cause, cause what happens if that page is better? Oh, we don't yet. Yeah, who knows? Like, <laughs> Great question. So what we're doing and, and we're hoping to actually, we've, we re-engineered the reporting business. Okay, because remember, not right now we're doing a service for our clients, and it's cool. We love whispering to clients, and I'll, I'll take those clients all day long. But there's not even a way to sign up on the website. You just have to, to go to datatark.ai and you figure out how to contact us. I'm interested in the business, but the real business is the SaaS business we want to roll out. It's a software business where we generate the insight, not the data. Right? The idea of knowing what you need to do or knowing the importance of something is why you care about it. What, if that page on, that, that Google told you about was the page that, I don't know, maybe most people came into your site on, what they could say is, hey, if you increase that, more people would come to your site. Okay, and that might be valuable, but how many? where do people leave your site? Yeah. What yeah. do they do during? And so we're trying to cut through several layers of learning here because look i have 80 i'm i'm very driven by that okay yeah and i'm diagnosed i got the, the ritalin slows me down yeah, okay yeah. You know, i've never been easy to do spreadsheets and stuff like that i learned it 
but it's hard. This is the stuff that just drives me insane. It ex it'll it'll physically exhaust you. Yes, it, it, it's, it drives me nuts. Okay. okay. Now, John revels in this stuff. My, my brother, who actually, he wrote the first book on web analytics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like with a guy named Jim Novo. It's, it was like, yeah, wow. painful. Okay. I never liked analytics, <laughs> but I've used them. And I said, no, we need to make that jump where what we're doing is not training people on what these things mean. Okay. Seriously, like the last thing that any of our clients want right now is more work. We know how to work on an air conditioning unit. We know how to clear a drain line. But we don't necessarily know what the business needs to move yeah. forward. We're yeah. worried about, oh my God, the phone's blowing up today. I got to go, I got to go, like Turch, got to go hop in a truck and I got to get out there and help. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. And, my... and I get that. We listen carefully, right? Like I could have heard what Elmer said and heard something different, okay? Yeah. But I but I took it to heart. I We had talks about this where we were trying to interpret things what does that really mean and the simple value in this right is to give people what's important about their business what might have changed when i tell somebody that like club membership is up for the 25th month in a row it's the highest it's been in 30 months it's this it's, okay yeah. But if yeah. I actually told you that your club members are used to, okay, this is an interesting one because we had this, club members used to spend 35% more than non-club members, okay? Mm -hmm. And we actually have a client where that has now dropped precipitously. And the, do, do you know why? So here's the deal. The whys are a little harder to dig for. But yeah. what we did is we said, here are the possible reasons why. One of them happened to be right. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, I'm not sitting in your office, but right. the club members, they were being so aggressive about calling the club members and not in a bad way. They had these. Yeah, just to follow up and yeah, interact that, with that them. They had exhausted that whatever services these people needed, they'd had. They got done. And so oh, this yeah. very successful initiative that they had taken on to do club membership and they basically sell everybody club membership Yeah, was working out, but they were squeezing too hard. Gotcha. Okay. That was important, right? That is, that oftentimes also, that exact one thing is something that I worry about is every time we visit someone, we're hitting them up for something. Is that good or bad? But you're able to say, okay, look, based on this data, it's not working or it has worked in the past or. Right. The thing is, it'd be great if I could give you like a magic wand to fix that, you still have to go fix it. That's still the work. But we were able to find these things because that's stuck out. Okay. Another thing is we've had clients where they're up 30% that month. Okay. And anything that's up 30% month over month doesn't feel like it needs attention. Typically. Yeah. <laughs> Except that what we found was that, that we could see that they're, turnovers were decreasing so oh like the lead flips yeah, well yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's an interesting point because you think about the time of year we're in right now why we're recording this this is the first week of june it's outside I, of wisconsin where i can't wait to get out of it's hot almost everywhere <laughs> else this happens a lot where people say oh it's, it's money making season but the problem is they start rushing through calls money they don't follow their season. process 
their actual turnovers, their lead flips, their system replacement as a percentage of calls go down because they're not taking their time. They're not They're. I just saw someone yesterday, like, how do we handle this? Our guys are running seven to nine calls a day. I'm like, you're losing a lot of opportunity. Learn to say no. If you guys would just slow down and just learn to say no. When it's slow, you take all day at that house if they'll let you, because you you got to find every single thing you can that's wrong. Because otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna eat. It's a, Understanding it's a, that is key. Right. It's a lagging indicator. What is when you start to see this behavior, right? You won't pay for it now. You'll pay for it in a few weeks. Yeah. You will see that your revenue goes down. Yeah. Okay. And so we were able to see that and warm them of it. And here's the thing: when you say that, and this is one of the hard parts in such a seasonal business, is ideally you always want to have one truck that's sitting idle, right? Like uh, a technician in a truck? You always want to have a little bit more capacity than what you need if you're a growing company. That's in a perfect world, though, because to us finding another technician to to sit there this time of year, sometimes is that's a full-time job in itself is locating that individual. Okay, but so I said that equally ridiculous thing. Let's look at the other side of that. Is if you have people running seven to nine, did you did, did I hear that correctly? Seven to nine calls. Okay. You're it was just running, a post I saw last night. But you're running at nexus of capacity, right? Oh, absolutely. And so we're looking at systems, right? What would you say if you were running an air conditioner, okay, at 95% of capacity nonstop, it's where's that air conditioner going to wind up? Oh, yeah. In the garbage in a couple of years. Okay. What happens is that any system that's working at over 80% of capacity, right? We could argue. I'm giving you a rough way of thinking about it. But any system that's running at over 80% of capacity is running too hot. So you're going to lose people. You're going to damage clients. You're going to be doing a lousy job. There's all these things that will happen. Saying no, listen, I can tell you what the problem is. I can't necessarily help you hire more people. Although I can introduce you to people who might, but you have to know that these are issues. You, you can't keep running a system that's as hot as it is. So this is the stuff we help people understand what the underlying data is telling them. And we've been doing this with Service Titan and Service Titan is a remarkable tool. It collects all this data, but it's also, it also has a lot of holes in what it does. Like I'm, I'm gonna give you a weird example. They've introduced this concept of a project. Okay. Are you familiar with the project? Yes. yes. And it sounds so great, right? Okay. We can do this. We can do this as a project, except that your database doesn't actually know that each job is part of a project. It's, it's so confusing and you can't job cost an individual invoice but you can job cost a full project but you don't always have a project for every invoice so you can't technically job cost every single job correct yeah so we're we have a bunch of workarounds that we do to understand stuff okay and like making those at scale so we're hoping by the end of this year to have at least a thousand clients there's a lot of computing power that goes into kind of rejiggering the way that they show information so that we can present it. And the technical aspect of that 
Okay. It actually makes me want to like crawl under my desk. Seriously, like John would get all geeky on you and explain to you and what they're doing and how, how it's not event-based and it's a state change. Really? Yeah. Okay. But even they added projects because somebody demanded it. Okay. And then they don't give you the right way. Yeah. And so we wind up doing all this remedial stuff. Originally, we weren't going to get involved with financial statements. Okay. But we started getting involved in the price book and looking at margins and stuff like that. So often that's, that is the big, one of the biggest questions that we get. We're not financial people. We're not financial experts, but people are always saying, talk about finances. Yeah. That's so, a tough but I don't want to talk about finances because it makes people flip out. However, if it, when we get your financial statements and we put them into our database and we're comparing it together with the service Titan data, we're seeing some really interesting stuff. And it, we told somebody in December, okay, that they were taking too big of a salary. Oh yeah. Okay. Talk about a pay, talk about a, whisper message. <laughs> well, listen, you, but it's you, good you, insights to know and to have, right? If somebody doesn't tell you, you may not know any better. You're like, well, there's money there, so I'll take it, right? Yeah, a distribution and, and, or something as an owner. Yeah, except um, that that he was chronically paying late fees on other stuff, oh, and it was oh, a yeah. it was a, a a cash flow issue. The money was there, but it wasn't there at the time he needed it. He interpreted we made a profit as I could take profit. Yep. Okay. Yep. And no, there's all sorts of other things that were eating up the cash that were profit, but you still need to replace things. The cash is necessary for all sorts of stuff. And so they were paying more for some materials because they were buying them yep. at retail. Right. Yep. And he was just chronically short of cash. And what we said was, Hey man, it was like, you could swing this and in a year, this is what the numbers would look like. Now, I hated saying that, but it's a really simple thing, not from like an accountant might look at it and say, this is how it is. But because we had the rest of the view of the business, we could actually say, oh, and yeah, let's raise some price. It's not just having your accountant like you you got your CPA that comes in and says, you're doing great or you're not doing good. You lost money. You made money. And it's okay, cool. But they're not looking at the particulars of the business. And here's the thing. We are not experts in service businesses. And I'm I'm the first person to say this. I think at this point, some people might say we're starting to turn into an expert. Yeah. Like to me, you're not an expert until you do something for 20 years. Yeah. You got to do that 10,000, 10,000 times. Yeah, everybody wants to pretend to be an expert. We understand business. There are certain things that work all the time, and we're learning stuff all the time, okay? But because we do understand business, it was really easy to say, you're not costing correctly. He just misunderstood the numbers. It was a fundamental misunderstanding of how profits worked. And we literally, it's interesting, somebody once asked me to do this as a class, but I took him through and in a couple of hours, I explained how financial statements work. And see, here's the thing. I'm not saying he, he knows how to analyze them, but he knows now after talking to me, where the answer to the question, yeah. why you need to do this. So he went ahead and his bookkeeping is up to date. There's a whole bunch of things that they've done in mm-hmm. terms of their systems. 
it's a lot of small things that can add up together, especially like you said, bookkeeping being up to date, not having your month closed out by the 15th of the next month or the 10th of the next month. Like what kind of impact can that do to your business the following month? Like little things like that. And yeah, I, knowing so, so that. Here, here's the thing is your bookkeeping should be even closer to that. Okay. Yeah, I, I would yeah, say no, I agree. I mean, you should be closed the out fifth. by the 10th and I'm yeah. not an accounting guy. And the interesting thing is, there are lots of clients where I'm not looking at their financial statements because they've got that in line, right? Yeah. So this is, it, it's a next stage of what we're going to be doing. But yeah, yeah if, if- Let I, me get this correct, Jeffrey. Yeah. The 30th of the following month is bad. Yeah. The, it, you should or, able, or once a year, closing it out once a year is not great, good either. <laughs> you should be doing Yeah, it. you let me know how that turns out, but- you become a statistic at that point. You become yeah. one of the ones that don't last past five years. Yeah. The thing is, it, this industry is professionalizing. Okay. It is and very much. So. It's interesting. I've been saying this. I think that I'm going to get pushed back on it. I heard that there's a hundred thousand HVAC contractors. I don't know if I believe that number. Okay. I could see that because there's 700. Every little town around. Great. Yeah. Okay. 10, here's the deal. The information systems, the way the businesses are run, are still pretty primitive. Okay. Agreed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. We're way behind the that, world. When now. I say that, it'll it's not the people who I think are going to disappear are not the person with one or two trucks. They'll be fine because they're running a fairly simple business. Yeah. But what's going to happen is there's a lot of businesses today doing Two million, three million, five million. Okay, and that's a relatively sophisticated business, right? That's not yeah. a. When you think about it, it's not a. It's not exactly a small business in the way that most people would think about it, and they're doing it with not as much sophistication as an average bodega guy, right? Like, how much money's in the cash register? Yeah, let's pay cash for this. Let's do. Let's make this decision. It's just it's the way not. that's always been done. Well, but over time, and this is part of the attention that's come to the industry, right? The the private equity people that are coming yeah. to it, um, mm -hmm. the people who are attracted to it, the people like me who are like surprised, wow, that's a lot of money mm -hmm. and there's a lot of opportunity are basically going to drive out that middle. So the big guys are going to get way bigger, mm -hmm. okay? The middle guys are going to have a choice. They're either going to get way bigger and become bigger guys, okay? But the ones who don't, they're going to go out of business. You can't support these things. You can't have a, a competitive disadvantage of not actually understanding how your business works. And yeah. this is the kind of thing that Michael Gerber and Emith talked about, right? Yep. It's why we're so insistent on working on systems. If you've heard before, you should work on your business, not in your, in business. your business. That's a little hard to define, but I have a really easy way of thinking about this, right? When you're working in your business, you're working on the stuff that's important today. Yep. Okay. That's where you're spending. That's where a lot of people spend most of their time. Yep. Putting out the fires and uh, even if they're not just putting out fires, even if they, uh, but they're, it's the stuff that's immediately important. Yep. Okay. Responding um, to emails and answering questions that people have about the business or, or, within the business, answering technicians, questions, answering dispatchers. What do I do with this person? What do I, how do I yep. solve this problem? <clears throat> but if you're working on your business, you're working on those things that are going to be tomorrow's 
problems, tomorrow's yep. issues and tomorrow's advantages. And so listen, I've had, I've been a business owner since I'm 28 years old. So half my life, man, I'm 56. So that's half my life, right? Well, most of my adult life, I have not been able to work for other people. Okay. I'm, I, I am a terrible employee. Yes. Um, I'm a great I, I, I don't wish myself as an employee on anybody. <laughs> Same here. Right. Same here. <laughs> However, I can tell you that I'm not some really special guy. It's really hard to do this on, not in your business. Okay. It's this thing looks like it's going to collapse if you don't do it. You're telling me that I need to worry about something that, that, doesn't even matter for a year or two. And exactly. the answer is, yeah. yeah. And, and it's really, it's it's horrible to do, but the numbers guide you, right? We step back at Data Turk from the business that's scalable is when we finally release this as software, we'll, we'll be probably around 300 dollars a month and you'll be able to get all these insights and whatnot. And then if you'll want to talk to us or something, we're, we're actually figuring out what the services might be around that, but they'll be small. And we want to make that readily accessible. That can scale. Yeah. So the whisper can service- Can I ask you a question? That's not scalable. Jeff, can I ask you a question yeah. about data? Because you guys look at now, you're, you essentially have data all day long. That's what you yeah. guys do. So this is something that I have realized more and more as I've looked in client service science accounts, I remember the service Titan accounts that we've had when I was in the HVAC industry, Housecall Pro, all these different softwares. I've seen the back ends and the data. Do, are you guys finding that the data is not very accurate that's being inputted to the yes. system? Yes. We're finding that there are clients who sign up with us and we tell them that they need to clean up their data before we can do something valuable with them. Is that pretty a pretty common occurrence? No, but it's not uncommon. And there are different things that can be done different ways. Some of the things that are done in the field, especially, those are training issues. And so sometimes there's really no way to go back and clean up the data. You can only make the data work going yeah. forward. And that's, okay. that's that's hard to hear, though. It's, yeah, we can't take your past five years worth of data because it's all garbage. Yeah, We can try and interpolate it, but we really need to fix it and then get the data. Yeah, to Church, I'll, I'll tell you something. I, and I've heard that and I've answered. You know, I, did, I had a guy who's an older guy who's very forward thinking. He's been, he's been trying to get his whole company digitized and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And they're doing just shy of 20 million. Okay. And there was a lot of garbage in his data. And right. he was really, he was so bitter about it. He was like, it's your baby too. Right? And, and, and I just said to him, I was like, you got to be a little less harsh on yourself. I said, because you're in a position where you can figure this out mm -hmm. and can't, you can beat yourself up about what happened last year or what happened last month, or you can fix it. And, and yeah. I'm finding a lot of people, right? I've spoken to more than one who are resistant to knowing things. It's yeah, so, let's just put your head in the sand and I don't want to know if I have cancer. By the way, I had cancer a year ago. I had that surgery. It was stage one. They got rid of it. That's um, good. And by the way, if you're over 45 and you haven't had a colonoscopy, beg you to go do it. Yeah. Okay? It's really important. But I'm saying that because I know a lot of people who don't. They're scared. They're worried. They can't better to not find, know right? than to find out you something need bad. To know. <laughs> and then you can do something about it. So yeah, it's an issue. There's a lot of go issues, but, but it's okay. And one of the biggest things is data hygiene. 
So this idea, like you, you said, uh, a booking rate of 75%. Okay. So, you know, that's based on self-reported data, right? That, exactly. that works in, in service Titan. Yep. There's a large discrepancies there. We prefer our own number, which is the raw booking rate, which funny mm, enough, sure. it's not that what we're finding is that excused or not a lead yep. are over-reported, although they are in some cases, but minorly. That's It's not because people are cheating necessarily, but there is no real discipline to that. And that comes from having not cleaned out your phone numbers correctly and not yep. using separate lines for inbound calls. Like for technicians. You could do, but it's just a better number to use all the calls. So if you're doing about 75%, you're doing about a 20% raw booking. That's the number yeah. we use. Uh -huh. And it's a much better number to use. And what's interesting is we thought not that we had invented it, but we were using it. Nobody else was. And then I met Chris Yano. Yep. We were talking about this and they're, they use the same number. Like they don't use another number. Yeah, yeah. And I was pleased because somebody who had a lot of experience with calls and stuff like that was using that type of number. Yeah. And we're doing a lot of correlations industry correlations because at this uh -huh. point we, we still have a small sample set but it's interesting because i got to see what people's data looks like and there's a real issues around how people pick up the phone the people who think they're doing a pretty good job okay the difference between a pretty good job and an, and a good job is large yeah okay the difference between a good job and an excellent job is even bigger. We're seeing this, right? That it's a power curve. And so there are people who are doing 77, 78. That's what that, that's the number they look at in their service type and dashboard. And they're proud of themselves. I see those numbers and I'm, I think to myself the exact same thing. I, I still want to know if you're getting a, what you would consider not bookable call, like why is it not bookable? But I still want to know because I want to, figure out a way to get rid of those phone calls, if anything, if nothing else. So part of those phone calls are because people are calling back into schedules. Right. Mrs. Stuff. Smith calls in three times asking quite sure he booked, but then she's got another question and she's got another question that she forgot on the first call. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you can get rid of those. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Some of them are phone numbers that are no longer used. What's funny is they were signed and they're really this trash coming in and some of it is technicians calling in on these numbers and but you gotta get rid so of that anyway. Gotta, that, but that stuff should stop. Yeah. So it's the problem isn't so much the data hygiene as the idea that how long people should spend on a call. So when I look at this and we look at it, it's funny the things we look at. We found that it takes between four and a half to seven minutes to actually book a call. Okay. That's yep. that's across I can believe that. That's thousands of clients. Great. So, how long does it take to not book a call? Yeah, good point. Okay. I've seen fifteen minutes and then not book no, a call. No, no, but if, like, if I saw fifteen minutes from a single person, I might just go over and smack them. That's right. Yeah. I get the building value. Yeah, I get building value, but at the same time. But here's what's interesting: the best performing call centers are able to deal with them between one and a half and two minutes, okay? They're able to decipher and get them off the phone that quickly. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so they're not being rude. 
They're going yeah. through. They're just saying, okay, I have this answer. We know what it is. Yeah. We've been looking at stuff like this. Another one is with, um, what's it called? Schedule engine. Yeah. Okay. If I'm on schedule engine, why don't a hundred percent of the people book an appointment? That's what they went there for. Yeah. They're getting lost somewhere in that five what? to seven that, step. Yeah. Yeah, it, so, you so got too many done, steps and they're bouncing off the page. You, you got to remember, this is one of our things is back when we wrote this thing in 2006, okay, we were the world's leading experts in conversion rate optimization online. This is, hmm. we were those guys, right? So we looked at- What was the name of that book like, again? This is Waiting for Your Cat to Bark. <laughs> there was another one called Call to Action before this. And those were two New York Times bestsellers that we had backed. Wow. And we were writing about conversion rate optimization. If anybody's interested in- our latest books, they're smaller and easier to read. This is a book I actually would recommend. We wrote this in 2017. <laughs> when you write, write like a book. Amazon like... is not the important part. It's even a lemonade stand can do it. Yeah. And we send these to our clients because we want them to read it because it's about these very simple principles. But we, I was saying about schedule engine, it's not a hard thing to fix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just got. Um, you just got to know the data. So, Jeffrey, I don't want to cut you off, but I know yeah. that your time, your crunch for time, it's getting, it's our time slot. And if people want to learn more about you, like connect with you, where's where's that best done at? I'm easy to find. You can find us at dataturk.ai. Uh -huh. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You okay, know, cool. Uh, and reach out and I'm fairly easy to talk to. Okay. Jeff, we really appreciate this. And we could obviously talk for hours. There's so much good information that you're pulling out there. One of the things I wrote down here, I'd like for you to correct me if I'm wrong here. It sounds to me like you're taking ego numbers and turning them into action items. Yes. If you don't know what you're going to do with the because I could, I could why collect it. I throw percentages at you. This is an amazing call conversion percentage or this conversion percentage or whatever, but you're actually taking that, those inform that information and turn it into an action item versus just having an EO number out that to throw out there. Yes. That's, that's how it should be. <laughs> cool. Jeff, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing everything with us. And if anybody has any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Jeff. You can reach out to me or Josh, but we're just going to send you to Jeff anyways. I hope you have a wonderful and safe day. And thank you, Jeff, for coming on the show again. All right. Thank Thanks, you Jeff. for having me. Be well. You bye -bye. See Thank you for listening to this episode of Service Business Mastery. Now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.